It's week five in college football. Prospects to watch is coming at you, whether it's Kentucky, Alabama, non-SEC schools too. We'll get to those with Rob Rank today on Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Show. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And of course, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Tracy from Rogue Analytics and Locked On Chiefs. And y'all know what it is, man. We got Rob Rang with us from Locked On Seahawks. Also does his articles from Fox Sports 1. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And also let you know that this episode is brought to you by Code Jury and Watch Insurance. Brightco brings you the comprehensive, fast, and affordable jury insurance for as low as $5 per month. Yes, I said that right, $5 per month. Check out your special offer for our Locked On NFL Draft listeners and get covered in under two minutes at brightco.com forward slash locked on. That's brightco forward slash locked on. Let's go. All right, y'all, let's jump into some of these games for this weekend and uh, we're going to start here with Kentucky. They got a certain quarterback there, Will Levis. And I think even the bigger story, it's not even so much Will Levis. It's they got their running back back, Chris Gonzalez. He's off of suspension. Perfect timing. Maybe they lean on him. But also on the other side of the ball, you got a safety over there at Ole Miss. A.J. Finley, he's not going to make things easy on Will Levis. Rob Rang, how do you see this playing out? Well, I think it's going to be a fascinating matchup. I mean, I, you, you can talk about all the top quarterbacks, obviously, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner and Bryce Young. I think C.J. Stroud at Ohio State has been absolutely spectacular. But at the same time, when you just look at size and physical, you know, just physical ability as a runner, uh, the arm strength, the, the fact that Will Levis is playing in, in what is now considered a pro-style offense at Kentucky. I mean, he actually has to do play action passing, turn his, you know, back to the quarterback, be able to throw the ball over the top, played previously at Penn State and has since become a superstar at Kentucky. I, I think that Will Levis really is one of the most intriguing players, regardless of position, in all of college football. So I, I'm fascinated by any time that you get to see a big-time quarterback go on the road, especially in the SEC. And you, you mentioned the free safety for, for Mississippi and, and Finley. I mean, this is a guy who is, you know, he's 6'3", he's 205 pounds. At least that's the way that the Rebels list him. He's got a track record of being a ball hawk. He's got seven interceptions to this point. I just really like his instincts. I like his speed. I like his length. I think that this is kind of a fascinating matchup. There's no question about it. As you mentioned, Croc, with Kentucky getting the running back as well, I, I think that they are going to be a little bit more of a diverse offense against the Rebels, but they're going to have to be uh, because I, I think that Levis is a really intriguing talent, but I think that they have got to be a little bit more diverse in offense if they're going to go into Ole Miss and be able to come out with a W. You mentioned turning your back. It, it, I, I get a little nervous when he does that. Because Levis has a tendency to drift a little bit too far for me. Get it turned around. But I think that's going to be key in, in where Finley's able to align. And Finley started a little bit slow. Uh, last two weeks, though, first PBU of the season, first interception of the season. He's coming on. He's peaking right now. This is going to be a great contest between the two of them. 
Yeah, you have on the other side of the ball, Jackson Dart, too. Uh, quarterback transfer from USC. You know, now he's only a sophomore, but we'll see how he does right now. Uh, completes 51 out of 82 passes for nearly 700 yards, five tugs, and two interceptions. Will Levis, though, that's the guy who's been a little bit up and down. Ten touchdowns and four interceptions right now. Not terrible. You like to see him be a little bit more consistent as a passer, especially for someone who some people are projecting to be a top 10 pick. Now, will he be that? Not sure. Has there been a transition to the new uh, officer coordinator, Rich Gangrillo, coming over from the NFL? Similar offense that Rich is uh, used to running over there in the NFL, so it shouldn't be that much of a difference there. But uh, maybe Chris Rodriguez, maybe that's the answer to really help uh, level out Will Levis's play and get him to be a little bit more consistent there. Also, nice uh, play so far by receiver Tavion Robinson. Uh, smaller, quicker, shiftier type guy, but he's had some explosive uh, uh, plays right now. 20 receptions on the season. Uh, there are some other teams playing as well, some more big-time games and, and matchups. And I definitely want to go over to you got Alabama taking on Arkansas. Now they're playing in Fayetteville. Arkansas this game so Arkansas potentially has a little bit of home field advantage still big time underdogs there but I feel like Alabama when they're playing against other teams that are solid right like you know okay they can play good football they kind of play down to the competition a little bit so Rob will they let the Arkansas Razorbacks kind of hang around a little bit like maybe a little bit what we saw from the Alabama Texas game I think that's possible. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you got an Alabama team again who has a superstar in Bryce Young. Of course, we all know that Will Anderson Jr. is the edge rusher, is, you know, arguably the best player in college football. But you, know, you, you mentioned that matchup in Austin. And, and Will Anderson didn't really show up and make impact plays until the game was really on the line. And, and so that's what I'm kind of curious to see how well he is able to perform. Now that he's made some kind of interesting comments on, on social media and things, they just that, that opponents have the audacity to step onto the field with him. That's the kind of thing that's going to rile up some people in Fayetteville, especially considering I, I thought they were the better team a week ago against Texas A&M and some. Somehow they lost that football game. So you got to believe that Arkansas is going to be as angry as it gets uh, in this type of, of uh, opportunity here. So to me, the matchup, again, everybody is going to focus in on the quarterbacks. I get it. Both the quarterbacks are really talented guys. But I think one of the interesting things in this matchup is you're gonna, I look at the Alabama running back. That, that has been such a, a position of strength for Nick Saban for so long. And so I think that when you have a Georgia Tech transfers coming in and Jamari Gibbs and, and being the starter here, he is not that classic Alabama back. He is certainly very quick. He has terrific hands out of the backfield, but he is not the thumper that we've seen before with guys like Najee Harris or uh, Brian Robinson or previous before him, you know, Mark Ingram, Derek Henry, et cetera, et cetera. Guys, they'll just knock you on your backside. And then, oh, by the way, the linebacker for Arkansas, who really is intriguing to me, Drew Sanders, is a former Alabama guy who has that size, that physicality, and certainly that, that desire to be able to show Nick Saban that, hey, you looked over me. You didn't allow me to start, even though I was a flashy performer for a long time. I mean, I think he's got like five sacks already as a middle linebacker in the SEC. I mean, he's shown the ability to come off the edge. That's what he did a little bit at Alabama. He's also shown some length and some awareness and coverage. 
I think this is a really fun matchup. Not necessarily because I think the Arkansas is going to pull off the upset. I think they're going to play with them. And I, I still think that Alabama is the best team in the country. Uh, but at the same time, I definitely think there are some one-on-one matchups that NFL scouts and certainly our listeners should be watching in this game because I think that Arkansas does have favorable matchups in some categories, including, again, at that linebacker position. I really think that Drew Sanders is a guy that a lot of people are sleeping on. I think people were critical last week. He, he, he had five stop, what, three, three, five stops in each of his last couple of games. None last week. Texas A&M, like, I don't think he had the opportunity as much. I think Gibbs and him are a great matchup on the ground. The thing that I think might be suspect is I really like Gibbs' pass-catching ability from what okay. I've seen. And I don't know if, if Sanders can hang with him there. I think he's given up 78% completion percentage here for some decent yardage. So if he can get him on an angle, especially those little angle routes they like to run inside, I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup. Yeah, big time matchups over there, and I'm I'm intrigued by that game. And I even thought about potentially going to that game <laughs> and kind of feeling what that whole Arkansas Razorback mystique is about up there in Fayetteville. Matter of fact, some kids that I trained, they're like, Coach Krog, are you going to the game this weekend? We're going. They're actually leaving the night before. I mean, they they love their Razorbacks. Uh, it's gonna be a really cool environment up there for everybody involved. But when we get back, man, we're gonna dive into some more of these matchups from some big time games this weekend. But first we want to talk to you about the good folks over at Brightco. And listen, guys, I, I keep this nice little cheap ring on my finger. Maybe it costs about $50. Sometimes I have my uh, rubber one that I wear. And the reason for that is I've already lost three different rings. Now, not super expensive, but when I was in the NFL, I saw guys like Antonio Camardi, man. They have these diamond-studded uh, wedding bands that they wear around. Not me. Can't afford it. But if you can't afford it, you also can afford some jewelry insurance just in case anything happens to that. And that's where Brightco comes in handy. All right, you don't want to be that guy. And you certainly don't want it to be splattered all over the internet where you are fumbling around with your ring. Next thing you know, you drop it in water. You have to try to dive in there. And then, I don't know, fish might try to get you sharks. Whatever happens, you don't want to be in that situation at all. And the people at Brightco, they can make sure that you don't have to because your jewelry will be insured. All right. These guys at Brightco, man, they are geniuses. They made buying insurance for your engagement ring super easy. Whether it's your ring, your watch, whatever it is, you, maybe you wear these big diamond studded earrings. I don't. I actually get mine from Claire's, but maybe you got the expensive ones. They'll cover all of that for you. All right. And where are you going to go to get that? Bright.co forward slash locked on. All right. We all hate insurance. Most people do. I hate paying car insurance. I got to pay a ton. All right. But this, they make it super easy for you. And for as low as $5 a month, and it'll get you totally comprehensive coverage, and it won't take more than two minutes from your cell phone. We're all on our cell phones all the time, so go ahead, use that two minutes to get you some insurance, and go to bright.co forward slash locked on. You have to see all these videos that Brightco has, man. Funny, hilarious, but probably painful for the people involved. So again, go to bright.co. Co, all right, bright.co forward slash locked on so you can go get that coverage. Again, it takes only two minutes to get it. All right, guys, let's talk about some of these other games that are going on, big-time matchups. All right, we got Michigan's wide receiver Ronnie Bell, Roman Wilson against Iowa's cornerbacks Riley Moss, Cooper DeJean, and Terry Roberts. Rob, let us know what's going to happen in those matchups. 
I think this is a really fun matchup. Everybody's going to talk about the quarterbacks again because that's what people do. You know, we, we discussed for a moment J.J. McKinley, uh, you know, a week ago. But I, or excuse me, J.J. McCarthy, I apologize. But I, I think that you. It's you okay. Know, I think I called him the wrong name last, last week, week too. So. Week, yeah, me too. <laughs> so I think that you look at J.J. McCarthy, it's easy to get excited about the freshman. And we, we've seen this happen in the past. I mean, of course, it's only a couple of years ago when Dabble Sweeney and, and Clemson decided to go with the quarterback Trevor Lawrence. And obviously that resulted in the national championship uh, for the Clemson Tigers. I think that you look at Michigan, and at least I would say that I am surprised by how well they are playing at this point. I mean, what we've seen with Jim Harbaugh in the past is he's going to run the ball. He's going to play defense. I think this is the most explosive offense that I've seen since Jim Harbaugh has taken over as the head coach at Michigan. And a huge part of that is Ronnie Bell and then certainly the his, uh, his other receiver, other receiver uh and roman wilson number 14 when, when i see roman wilson i see a guy who has just explosive speed we, we've seen this type of speed at ohio state we've occasionally seen it at maryland we, we've seen it some of the other program maybe wisconsin we've seen some of the other programs in wisconsin not at michigan at least not for a long time but this kid i mean he just flies he's only got eight catches but three of them have gone for touchdowns he only has one touch as a runner but that went for a touchdown as well this guy is explosive and by the way iowa has some explosive athletes as well riley moss the cornerback is one of bruce feldman's uh you know freak athletes and for good reason sick uh, over six foot 200 pounds running in the four threes the 40 plus inch vertical i mean he's his athletic exploits have already been talked about, but it's the other player, Cooper Dijon or Cooper Dijon. I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. All I know is the kid's a baller. I mean, he's a sophomore. He already has three interceptions on the season because everybody's trying to avoid Riley Moss. They're throwing it his way, but it was one particular play that he had. Uh, I think it was against Rutgers where he catches the ball over the top like a receiver turns around and makes a bunch of people miss comes in for a splashy touchdown. I mean, they're going against Rutgers. I believe it, it was a game that Iowa should have won easily. They did so, but still it was the athletic ability from a young player who's a four star for sports athletes uh, mm. in high school. This is the kind of guy that you're looking for. It's the kind of guy that again, you don't normally see, splashy wide receivers at Michigan. You don't normally see defensive backs who are going to run in the four threes at Iowa. And yet it looks like that's the story in both cases here. So again, I, I, I think that this is, it's my kind of football. It, it is smash mouth physical football. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if neither team scores 15, 20 points in this game, but still it is going to, this is a game that's absolutely loaded with NFL prospects. I think it's might be just the, the most intriguing of all of the matchups in a really tasty week five slate of games. Wilson Dijon is a great matchup and it might be the explosive one that breaks open that uh, seven, seven tie that we I'm expecting at this point. Wilson with 24 and a half yards per reception. Mm-hmm. That tells you the depth. And Dijon obviously being second fiddle, getting those targets, he's still getting hit at an average depth of target at like 9.4 yards. So it's big plays that looks like it might be the, the turning point. I, that could be a lot of fun for that ballgame. We have another underrated matchup over here. Oklahoma State defensive end Tyler Lacey against Baylor's left tackle Connor Gavlin. What's that matchup going to look like? 
Well, you know, based on what I've seen on tape so far, I, I really think that that Lacey from Oklahoma State is ha, has the advantage in this case. Um, you know, we've seen again. Uh, we just talked about it at Michigan and Iowa. We have these certain kind of stereotype expectations of what their athletes are going to look like. Tyler Lacey is mo- among the Big 12's leading pass rushers at this point. And he's 6'4", 295 pounds. Let me just say that again. 6'4", 295 pounds. This isn't a 230-pounder that's rushing off the edge with speed. This is a guy who uses his hands well. He is big at the point of attack. He has been productive over his entire career. I think this is a fun matchup just because I, I like the fact that, you know, again, the, the stereotype is Big 12. All they do is score. They don't play defense. Um, and yet I, I look at between Lacey for Oklahoma State, maybe Siaki Aka, Aika, excuse me, the defensive tackle from Baylor, former LSU guy, I know another big guy, 6'4", 350 pounds. At least that's the way Baylor lists him. He is not a guy who has a, big, a bunch of numbers the way that Lacey does. But in terms of the NFL scouts and what they're looking for, you have a 350-pounder who I would not be surprised at all. If he cracks 5.0 in the 40-yard dash, that's the kind of stuff that gets NFL scouts coming to these football games. So I I think that that is another – while they're obviously not going to be playing against each other, I think that the eyes from the NFL that are going to be watching this game are going to be focusing on the defensive line. And, again, we just don't say that very often when it comes to the Big 12. Yeah, not much defense that gets played a whole lot in the Big 12. A little bit underrated with some of these prospects. We're going to get to some more prospects when we come back because uh, North Carolina State, who would imagine they'd be undefeated, but they got a nice Will linebacker over there, Drake Thomas, and he has a big-time opponent that he's taking on as well. So keep it locked right here, locked on NFL Draft. So, Rob, I know everybody wants to talk about DJ Ugalele. Look, I tried to say it with confidence so I could just spit it right out, and I still got stuck. But DJ, quarterback for Clemson, big guy. Well, he's coming off a really good game, but now you play against undefeated North Carolina State, and they have this linebacker on the other side of there, man, Drake Thomas. What can you tell tell us about him and potentially what it's going to look like this game? Well, Drake Thomas is one of my favorite players. I mean, because just because of his athletic ability, his instincts, uh, you know, he, he plays middle linebacker, outside linebacker. He's listed at six foot, 230 pounds, but he's a thumper. Um, you know, and again, I, I saw his game last year against DJ, and I'll let you pronounce his last name, the Clemson quarterback, where uh, Drake Thomas was able to get himself a deflected interception, but an interception nonetheless. And, you know, considering how, how close that this last game was for Clemson, of course, kind of nipping Wake Forest there at the end, uh, I really think this is a fun matchup. And it's not just Drake Thomas. I mean, North Carolina State is loaded. Dave Doran, the head coach there really has put together an incredible uh you know just an incredible roster really uh, players at just about every position uh this is a really gifted pro or a really gifted team in terms of nfl prospect drake thomas again is my favorite of the bunch that's why i'm going to highlight him for that article at foxsports.com um, but at the same time, I really think this is a fun matchup because you're talking about a Clemson team, a North Carolina State team that are just chock full of NFL prospects, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And let's face it, that's where you make your money in the NFL. Got to do it. I want to see Shipley as well. Like I, I see sparks from him on the offensive side for Clemson. I want to mm-hmm. see a little bit more from him. That might be a matchup there. See it, it, just how easy Tom's can track him down. 
Got Michigan State edge rusher Jacoby Windham against uh, Maryland's offensive tackle Jalen Duncan. Oh, my goodness. Jalen Duncan. I mean, Women is, is the guy right now in terms of statistics. He's leading the Big Ten in sacks. I think he's got five and a half so far. We talked about him briefly with their matchup against the University of Washington. And while I was thinking that Jackson Kirkland, the super senior, I guess is what kids are called it these days, <laughs> uh, w- was gonna, expected to start. It wasn't him. And, and yet the Huskies were able to slow women down and they able to get that, that big uh, victory at home in Montlake. At the same time, when you look at Jalen Duncan, I mean, he's 6'6", he's 320 pounds, and he's going against a pass rusher and women who's 230 pounds, literally giving up almost 100 pounds. And yet I think that women is going, or excuse me, Duncan, the left tackle for Maryland, a guy who I think is a first-round talent, I, I really think that he's going to dominate this matchup. The fact that University of Washington was able to, to slow women down the way that they were, I really think that Duncan, just in terms of his length, how quick and easy he is in pass protection, Duncan is a guy that I don't know that a lot of people are kind of talking about right now, but they absolutely should be. Uh, you know, we're, we've seen some players from Maryland. I'm showing my age here when I mentioned guys like Vernon Davis. I mentioned guys like Sean Merriman, guys who just go into the combine and just you know, just, just put people on their sides when they can't believe how well that these guys have worked out. But that's what I expect Duncan to do. This is a legitimately talented first-round caliber left tackle. And, and so to me, of all of the matchups that we've talked about so far, I, I get the flashy quarterbacks. I get the cornerbacks and receivers matching up and all that. I, I love all that stuff. Middle linebacker versus running back like we talked about with, uh, you know, Alabama going up. Um, you know, against Arkansas. I mean, all those things are fun. But when you get a legitimate pass rusher going up against a legitimate offensive tackle, I mean, to me, that's why I go to the Senior Bowl every year is to see the pit. And you don't have to wait till Mobile. Uh, with all due respect to Jim Nagy, the NFL draft starts here at Maryland with this matchup. I think it's going to be a fun one. <laughs> Winman's one on my watch list. And you're right, got stymied a little bit here. He's a guy that is kind of a roller coaster for me. Finishes really well. He's got one of the top five finish rates in all the pass rush class. And I just broke this down over on NFL33.com, folks, if you want to check that out. But his pressure rate is low comparatively to the rest of the guys in the top 20. Can he get that up? It's about winning the initial part of the rep, in my opinion. And I agree with you that that size advantage and particularly the length advantage here is what I want to get a good read on. We'll see how this works out for Whitman versus Duncan. Well, Ryan, you talked about size and length, and Oregon cornerback Christian Gonzalez has a lot of that. Six foot two cornerback, extremely athletic, transfer from Colorado, uh, now playing at Oregon, but he's going up against Stanford's Michael Wilson. So, uh, the last matchup of the day, but how do you see that going, Rob? Last matchup of the day, as you say, Croc. My <laughs> goodness, it's 11 p.m. Eastern time. You know, I mean, you wonder why the Pac-12 doesn't get much attention, despite the fact that, again, they have some, you know, some undefeated teams in USC and University of Washington. Uh, you know, they they haven't had a Heisman Trophy contender for a long time. I, mean, I thought I thought the Chris McCaffrey should have won a couple of years, but no one's staying up until 11 p.m. kickoffs on the East Coast to watch these kind of games. But I think that they should because this is a really fun match. And Michael Wilson for Stanford's a good football player. Uh, he also is at least listed, I think it's 6'2", if not 6'2", 6'1", 200 pounds. Uh, but he's got some agility to him. Again, not something that you're, 
you normally associate with Stanford wide receivers. A lot of people have been focusing on the quarterback, Tanner McKee, um, you know, and, and he doesn't have the most impressive statistics. I think he's got three or four interceptions so far this season. I watched him against USC and he threw two interceptions and I don't think that either one of them were his fault. He threw the ball, the catchable balls that his pass catchers just deflected off of their hands. And then USC was able to get those picks. Uh, Michael Wilson is easily Stanford's top receiver. He's a dynamic athlete. And as you mentioned with Christian Gonzalez, he has all the size and length that you're looking for. And while he struggled early against Georgia, everybody on Oregon struggled against Georgia. I do think that this is kind of one of those matchups that uh, Christian Gonzalez has an opportunity to really kind of, again, firmly plant his flag as the best cornerback in the Pac-12. And that usually results in a first round pick. Um, so again, to me, if, if you're willing to stay up late, this is a fun matchup to watch. Michael I'll Wilson didn't have a great performance against USC. Two receptions for 30 yards, but said, you know what? Ho ho hold on. Don't give up on me just yet. Against Washington, six receptions, 176 yards, and two touchdowns, averaging 30 yards per reception. Uh, and the key that you touched on, Rob, it's about McKee's being able to deliver. He was under so much pressure last week, he couldn't hardly get anything done. When he did, it was feast or famine. Either they were feasting on him or he was putting the ball up to Wilson. So good for him for, for finding somebody that can get something done. I'm still kind of big on McKee. That's why I wanted to bring it up. But as far as Gonzalez goes as well, early season jitters. Now he's, he's approaching getting underneath a 50% completion percentage. And that is really one of the key metrics. Against Wilson, that's going to be a test. But it is about... Honestly, in my opinion, what DJ Johnson can do to get after McKee and see what kind of opportunities Gonzalez gets to get his hands on the ball. That's what I want to watch. And it's one of the things I, I like most about Wilson. Again, going back to the Stanford wide receiver, um, we see athletic ability. I just, I, you fall in love with receivers every time that really do have really good hand eye coordination. They are just able to make difficult receptions look easy. And that's one of the things that Wilson did against UW this past week. As you mentioned, two touchdowns, one of them was a terrific catch. The ball was outside of his frame and he plucked it uh, and, and really made a terrific grab. Uh, albeit in a losing effort, but still was an impressive catch. One that had me kind of writing in my notebook again, late night, uh, you know, that that game was. So again, I, I think that anybody who was willing to stay up a little bit late, they're going to see some splashy performances. The NFL scouts certainly will be watching. Well, they got to stay up late to watch it. Right. And, uh, but that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On NFL Draft. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And also let you know that for your second listen, make it the Peacock and Williamson NFL show hosted by my guy, Brian Peacock, and former NFL scout Matt Williamson. They're going to give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. And it's free and available wherever you get your podcast. But uh, big time games. Can't wait to watch them. Excited for this weekend. And can't wait to get back with you all next week to discuss a lot of the performances from this weekend. Until then, we're out. Peace.